Welcome to a special five-part podcast series sponsored by K2 Integrity. In this podcast series, we will consider the intersection of compliance, due diligence, and mergers and acquisitions. We will look at issues relating to core due diligence, concerns in deal-making, potential reputational issues, deals through a global lens, and integration issues. In this series, I'm joined by Hannah Coleman, Managing Director in K2 Integrity's Investigations and Risk Advisory Practices. She specializes in fast-moving, complex, and specialized research assignments in a variety of areas, including investigative due diligence, corporate contests, intellectual property investigations, media transparency assessments, and litigation support. We also have Tom Pinnell, Managing Director in K2 Integrity's Investigations and Risk Advisory Practice. With a focus on financial investigations, Tom leads the multidisciplinary teams working with corporate clients and their legal advisors responding to crisis events, including multi-jurisdictional, white-collar crime, misconduct, financial fraud statements, anti-bribery and corruption incidents, and compliance advisory work. In this fifth and final episode, we look at integration issues post-acquisition with Tom Pinnell. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox uh, back again on our final episode. And today I have back with me Tom Pinnell. Tom, uh, today I wanted to maybe talk with you about some integration issues. And if I could start off by asking, mergers and acquisitions happen all the time, uh, even though there are red flags in the initial diligence process. What do you advise companies to do once the deal is signed? Well, I can't put it more simply than just follow up on the red flags. A sufficiently resourced integration team that has time and experience is critical to the deal's long-term success. And this team must have support of senior management to drive the integration, uh, focusing not just on synergies, but actually helping the, the new acquired entity integrate. Part of this is ensuring the team's ability to access all the information from the deal diligence to make sure any potential issues, red flags are identified and addressed in a timely manner. Significant resources were allocated to diligence and lots of useful information was identified. Ensure you use those efforts and information for the integration. It's a lot less costly to do the work up front than to have to remediate an issue down the road. As you can guess, another key area includes making sure internal controls are in place to prevent any procedural missteps. If you're inclined to give an acquired entity a pass in the first year or give no stringent oversight of the integration of policies, procedures, and control, that's a big mistake. A couple of examples of how this could work. Make sure the acquired company is moving to and actively on the parent's systems as much as possible. Legacy systems typically make remote oversight a lot less effective and efficient. Ensure processes are coming together and the operating norms expected by the parent are in place, such as shipping, billing, invoicing, revenue recognition. All these are critical pieces of of an integrated operation. Tom, that's a great introduction to uh, this area. Uh, In the FCPA world, unfortunately, Enforcement actions are scattered with examples of what uh, can go wrong. But I was wondering if you had some examples of what could go wrong if a company is not stringent with the integration. Absolutely. Yes, the FCPA landscape is filled with these, but I'll go non-FCPA for for a change of scenery. Uh, but um, 
really failing to follow up on red flags about the people. Um, acquisitions can have a fairly long time frame. You might do something at the very beginning, like the in-depth reputational diligence that Hannah spoke about early in our series. Um, then you move on to financial diligence, legal diligence, compliance, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so you're taking bites of the apple over time. Um, but this takes time. So there may have been a minor red flag on one of the people from initial diligence that was found a year ago. And the, the integration team is now driving forward and ha didn't look back at the, the initial uh, diligence and catch that, that minor flag. But it can come back to haunt you where this person takes a significant role on and steals intellectual property, takes it to a competitor, and then leaves to the competitor themselves. Make sure every little flag is acknowledged by the team and checked on. So this sort of moves on to monitoring the newly acquired entity um, and how to do that. You should customize your monitoring program based on the way you've integrated the new, the new company. For example, if the subsidiaries are 100% on your financial and accounting systems, you can do a lot remotely. But if you've only partially integrated, you'll really need to send an in-person team to follow up on the activity. This takes a far, far greater and more active role in the oversight of the newly acquired company. So do the work up front and make sure things are more effective and efficient. If you don't, and sadly, I've seen this many times where you end up with a fraudulent reporting issue um, at the new entity. Typically, the acquired company has kept their historic practice and new pressure from the parent, which they weren't used to, leads to the incentive and the opportunity since they have their old, um, their old systems in place um, to exploit so they meet their new targets. Um, so that's sort of fraud 101, right? Um, but really, the outcome is far more costly and risky than transitioning to the, them to the, the new system at the beginning. Well, Tom, I'm glad you were able to talk about a, really a non-FCPA case because that leads to, to the next uh, couple of questions I had for you. And that's uh, in our last episode, we talked a little bit about global culture. And culture is not just the differences in two regions in the world. It can be corporate culture. It can be just as big a concern as protocols, procedures, and controls. So I really wanted to use that as an introduction to ask you, what are some of the challenges you've seen around culture? Culture clashes are cited as a, a big reason mergers and acquisitions fail. As we all know, people are the lifeblood. So making sure that that this is a primary focus of the integration process is of critical importance. When bringing entities together, leadership spends time to understand what the similarities of the new operation are and what are the differences and how will these be bridged. We always hear tone at the top, but really middle management will be the ones who are crunched between the teams doing the work and senior leadership's sort of vision for the future um, and their motivations and, and um, the way they work needs to be understood and embraced and brought into the integration process. I think we've all seen the mentality of us, us versus them in an acquisition. This can be toxic to the deal because talent can be resistant and leave 
or even worse than just leaving, taking your critical assets with them. Um, this can be particularly acute um, with different geographies and different cultures. But as you said, not just globally, domestically there's issues. Operations in New York versus Pittsburgh versus Houston, they all have different styles of work. That can lead to a culture clash in the way business is done, and that turns into a hot button issue down the road and creates rifts. Addressing these kinds of challenges up front is critical to a deal's success. They can often be overlooked when you're considering how to bridge so many other things like operations, finance, and what departments go. Um, so, but at the end of the day, your people are what keeps your operations going. So keeping them on board and invested in the success of the integration is critical. Tom, it's uh, been great for me to meet you uh, through this podcast series and really get to know you and learn about your practice and how you're helping corporations going forward. So I really wanted to ask as a sort of closing question or series of questions, are there any uh, key points or key thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with on the topic of integration? Absolutely. I'll, I'll say this again. I think I said it once or twice in our previous things. Don't skip on diligence just because it seems like a lengthy step in a fast environment. The risks that you take on by not conducting thorough diligence can really come back to create major problems down the road. The job of an investigator is to give you as much relevant information as possible so you can make informed decisions. Knowing information up front doesn't necessarily kill a deal, but it prepares you for outcomes that you may not be expecting. This additional information can help you plan uh, to deal with these issues when they pop up. Finally, just summarizing what we touched on today, follow up on potential issues during integration. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So making sure you have a handle on what could be problematic down the road can make the difference between success and failure. Tom, unfortunately, now we are at the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on the topics you've talked about today in this podcast or indeed throughout this entire podcast series, where could they go? Thanks, Tom. Please visit k2integrity.com or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter. Tom, it's been a pleasure, and I hope that uh, perhaps in the future I might be able to call upon you uh, for some of your additional thoughts going forward. Absolutely, Tom. It's been a pleasure for me as well. Thank you. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of this special five-part podcast series sponsored by K2 Integrity. For more information, check out K2 Integrity's website at www.k2integrity.com. I hope you will join us again for another episode in this special five-part series. This podcast series is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network.